Hey, if you don't have anything going on tonight, uh, Omaha men's basketball, Frankie Fiddler and the crew take on South Dakota, the Mavs and the Yotes over at Baxter Arena, 7 o'clock tip-off. Uh, you can catch us over on 1290. It is Military Appreciation Night. They're expecting, they're expecting big crowds uh, down to the last three games. That's weird, crazy. Weird scheduling in the Summit League, three-game homestand, and then go on the road for the final two. Yeah. Conference tournaments will be here before you know that it. That is just crazy, yeah. We were uh, talking about that yesterday. There's here. three home games left, and man. Uh, what are we, coming up on uh, four weeks from Selection yep. Sunday? 31 days! Wow. Uh, so, there is uh, a big event today. Uh, Tigers playing for the first time yeah. this year. And yeah. new gear. Genesis Invitational is out basically on, quote-unquote, his home course mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. So, Tigers playing today. I... I, I usually, my main TV in my house, when I turn it off at night, it's on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching a ball game or something. And when I turn it back on, it's on ESPN. But I was watching CBS Sports Network because uh, I was watching Colorado State and San Diego State from a couple of nights ago. Not DePaul. Uh, I turned it on yesterday when I got home, and the Genesis Invitational is on. I'm like, wait a minute. It doesn't start until Thursday. Yeah. And they didn't have like, last year's event until they showed the leaderboard and Rom was at the top. Yeah, and I'm like, like, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so Tiger plays today. But the other big golf news yesterday, Vern Lundquist. This will be it for him. Mm-hmm. This will be the final Masters for Uncle Vern. If I... Well, my day's right. And I've done this many times. Like, I, I, I have a person in mind. I want them to read my eulogy. Oh. You know, do my eulogy. yeah. yeah. There are certain voices, sports or just in general, that if they if they said, um, I'm going to read the phone book, I would pull up a chair and listen. If Vern, if, Vern, if Vern Lundquist <laughs> decided that he wanted to read the phone book, I would listen to him all day. That's good. That's good. Vince like Scully that. would be one. Morgan Freeman. James oh, yeah. Earl Jones. Can I throw one else at you? Farmers insurance. Because it actually did happen at Mickey Mantle's funeral. Bob Costas. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. I don't and then want, went on nah, a 15-minute no, tangent about the DH. <laughs> yeah, as long as Bob just keeps it to the, the material at hand and doesn't start going off into different theories of the sport or anything else. Gary Sharp was a great broadcaster <laughs> who, unfortunately, cancer sucks and cancer got him. And, you know, lung cancer is what he died of, but he wasn't a smoker. So, right you know what? It really is a thing where we should get rid of all tobacco products. <laughs> that would be the Bob Costas eulogy. It probably would be. <laughs> all of a sudden, my friends at the funeral will be like, uh, back to Gary? <laughs> Sorry. That's true. Sorry. I just remember him talking about the uh, the Mickey Mantle. Um, like everybody holds a, like a shrine and there's a shrine in their heart and that and any every shrine you light a candle and and you know we're lighting that candle for me. I don't know. You got to hear it. I'm probably butchering it, but it was no, it was it was good. It was really good. It was very very good. There are there are certain things that I probably would maybe pass over when it comes to Bob Costas speaking. That wouldn't be one of them. That would not be one of them. I'd be like, oh, Bob Costas is doing it. Hell, I Could might be just a be a casual observer. Like is Bob Costas doing a funeral today. I want to go. He was loyal to the community. But the community was not loyal back to him. <laughs> Late with food stamps. Let me talk about community involvement, folks. <laughs> Pull up a chair. We're in a bench. You're um, right about Morgan Freeman. That would be. Morgan Freeman would be 
Yeah, Vince Scully. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want that? I think the late great Pat Summerall would have been fantastic too. Yeah. Oh wow, uh, Mayor Joel says Vern's dad was a Lutheran pastor. He was, and would fill in at my church as a kid. Sounded oh. just like Vern. Wow! So that voice could have been done your whole funeral. Oh my gosh! I've read Vern's that would book. Be yeah. Hey, is uh, by the way, is Vern going to be? Um, you know how when you have a a golfer who you know this is going to be it for them, and they get that uh, that stroll on the Hogan Bridge. It's kind of like a uh, sort of a, a nod to their career. I, I, I know he's a, I know he's a broadcaster. Like a, Can Vern Lundquist take? Can, I know he's going to be in like the broadcast, but can he take a stroll on the Hogan Bridge like on Sunday with Adam Sandler? Uh, <laughs> I don't <Hit> the alligator. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't get around very quick. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got he's got some. I know they don't typically legs. they don't do that with broadcasters either. It's more for the golfers itself. But I, Vern's Vern's so much part of that tradition. CBS will do it right. You got it. Yeah, and I'm sure they will. Yeah. It won't be a thank you for being my friend. But no. Or being a friend. That was the Golden Girls. No, uh, the Jim Nance. Denny writes off. into the Equitable Bank inbox. He goes, you might get this, uh, but I grew up a Cardinal fan. I would have had Jay Randolph read the phone book. Hmm. I don't know Jay Randolph. So Jay Randolph was NBC broadcaster as well, but he was based in St. Louis. He did the Cardinals for a while. Okay. Uh, he actually calls into Feinbaum's show once in a while. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, Not as a guest, but just as a caller? Just as a caller. Nice. And then the, like the, the voice is really recognizable. He did, uh, God, didn't he do NBC College Basketball? I think him and McGuire might have worked together. You know, McGuire and Enberg mm-hmm. worked together. Mm-hmm. I think Jay Randolph that sounds about right, and actually. McGuire worked together. Who was the, the old, um, Jimmy, who was before? Red Barber? No, he used to do the uh, used to do Bill, the foot, used Bill to do White. football and basketball for Kansas. <laughs> Not Bob, but uh, um, Max Falkenstein. Falkenstein, yes, he also had a very distinct, very low but recognizable voice, which was way. why it was funny when he would tell a joke that you can't say on the air. Oh, I'm sure because it'd be in his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa! I didn't know you could put those words together. Bob Davis, Nick. <laughs> that's pretty good just with just by using my name yeah the 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 voice like inflection would be pretty you know, like, ah! it, was, it was very midwestern it's great if uh if a diehard nebraska fan could have any wow well, bremser fo- would it be bremser okay you knew what i was going to ask right there mm-hmm. would you go with bremser for- kp jim rose uh, Man, woman, and child, he's about to join you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just taking a different turn. What about uh, Warren Swain? Some love for Warren Swain? No? Wouldn't he be a good one to read? <clears throat> okay. Your silence, KP hey, your silence speaks no, volumes. No, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. I, Warren was good to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't do a good Warren oh, Swain. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what you're grappling with. Talk about a guy that just completely disappeared. Uh, I've heard he's retired in Sarasota. He lives in South Dakota. I think he's in Florida. Retired. But he... He's retired in Sarasota. He lives in South Dakota. So he's got two properties? Well, so I... I Man, radio's good to him. I, I contacted a couple of people that know him. And Neil Nelkin used to stay in touch with him. Mm-hmm. And he said he went... When he left Nebraska, he went to South Dakota. Okay. Uh, and then somebody 
three or four years ago said, no, he lives down outside of Sarasota in Florida. Um, retired. But he, once he... That was it. Once he got pushed out the door here Jeez. by a certain broadcaster... Um, Nebraska was, broke him. Man. I... I don't know why we're going here, but I got to say this no. about Warren. Uh, Just going over voices. I I actually told Warren this. Warren Swain should have never left Virginia to become the voice of the Huskers. Oh. He was replacing Kent. Yeah, it was. You were always going to be the, the guy hey, replacing the Kent. First, the first year that Warren was the voice of the Huskers, and I mean, you know, he's in a rough spot. Um, you know, the network is what it is. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's working. He's working for now what is NRG Media. He he had such a great situation at Virginia, and he came here. He was overwhelmed. I'm sure. One of the first things he said is, um, "Why do people pay so much attention here to the broadcasters?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I go because there have been incredible voices like back when Nebraska yeah. football used to be done by like four different entities." Mm-hmm. I mean, we had we had some of the greatest voices in sports nationally and locally, from Ray Scott to you know Bob Zenner are doing Husker football, and then you got Lyle Bremser to Kent Bavelka. Mm-hmm. I go Warren, I go the state loves their voice yep. of the Huskers, and it took him. I don't know if he ever adjusted that everybody knew who he was, everybody had an opinion on him, good or bad. I don't. I don't think he ever should have left Virginia. Hmm. I, I I think he made a he made a uh, a professional mistake. Yeah, I never personally met him because he thought he was going to come here because he told me this. You know, I mean, he wanted to buy a house. He lived in an apartment, so yeah. he lived in an apartment his entire time. There was a voice of the Huskers. Um, he wanted to like retire here. Yeah, and he was he was beloved in Virginia, hmm. so. Uh, That's too bad. Sorry, we got yeah, to know, earlier about leaving good jobs. I didn't know that. Yeah. Just, I mean, I know it's a little different, but So, to answer your question, I can't do a good Warren Swain. <laughs> so I you can't I, you couldn't tell me if that would be on the on the list of uh voices that you'd like at your eulogy. No. I think I would pass on that. Okay. One. All right. Um Options. I was going to I was going to bring this up because I, I teased it. So, the Chris Holtman fired at Ohio State. Ted Carter is you know, heavily involved in the search. They're going to have a nice crop of names that are out there and interest at a school that has a lot of money. Remember, they're, they're going to pay a $14 million buyout. Mm-hmm. They just brought Chip Kelly on. Um, Ohio State is flush with cash, and it's good to be the king and to be in the Big Ten. Yep. Remember, you got Michigan, Ohio State, and Nebraska are 200 mil revenue places. Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to spend money and for the right person they will probably go more with the resources into basketball chris holman can't say hey they didn't support us they did they play in an nba arena mm-hmm. they have you know a lot of resources it's just not a not a program that has a history of every other year we're going to the final four the yeah. lead, lead eight um but if you find the right coach that can be the case holman won but the program became stale mm-hmm but Ohio State's probably going to spend some money, and they're going to have to. So Mac on the list is paid, and and with Creighton being a private school, you can't just get on Google and go, hey, what does Greg McDermott mean? Right. I, I've been told, and somebody I trust, he makes less than Fred Hoiberg, which is 
And if Hoiberg doesn't make a lot of money. Yeah, it's not at, like Hoiberg's at, making at, at Nebraska. He's not bathing in cash. But if push came to shove, you know, everybody wants to be rewarded. Okay, some are more money hungry than others. Others value different things about your job than the bottom line. But we all want to be respected and, hey, here's a little extra cash, nice little bump. And we're mm-hmm. like, hey, thank you. You appreciate what I have done. But if push came to shove and mm-hmm. a Big East school has to compete with a Big Ten school that has a lot more TV money, as a donor at Creighton, would you go all in to make sure that you keep your basketball coach because you need $2 million more million? I would. Knowing on the back end, because of what you have to pay your basketball coach more, donations are going to go up. Your seats are going to go up. Yeah. Would you Would you do that if it was Greg McDermott or whoever at Creighton to say, nope, we're playing big boy basketball? That would be a question that you know yeah. you would have to ask. I, Personally, I, I would. I, I, think, I think because you can't – you've gotten Creighton basketball to a level – you can't let it take a step back. Agreed. Okay, that is that is the identity of that university. It is what is taking care of other sports, but it is the sport. Mm-hmm. They much much to the dismay of some other very good sports at that athletic department, they have to go all in on men's yeah. basketball. So you can't let it take a step back. I believe that that message would be received, and people would be like, "Nope, I am I am not going to seventh or eighth in the Big East." Nope, nope, nope. I need to still be in the top tier. What do you need? Yeah, you didn't make that decision to move to the Big East to just be hanging around. And the success they've had since that transition, the head coach who was a part of that, and Greg McDermott, who, again, cultivated that transition and was able to pivot recruiting-wise. You go from recruiting Missouri Valley-type players to big-time Big East-type players, and it's only gotten better. There's, I, I can't imagine that a self-proclaimed college basketball institution in the Big East would all of a sudden decide to skimp when it came to competing with some of the bigger powers. Because this is well, what... But you also have to figure, what, what is your ceiling? Remember, you don't have a huge TV deal. Yeah. Uh, this is, again, where I would, I would hope. It's not my money, so I, it's easy for me to spend it. Uh, I would hope there are people that are as we like to say, flushed with cash, but would see the value of being able to stave off this coaching cycle and keep Greg McDermott. Because again, the age is important. If you're able to show that support financially to a guy that has did nothing but just win and really be a consistent success story for that university, that if you can pull together enough cash from your donors, and you're able to give him something that is reasonable. Maybe, I, and there's probably a reality that sets in that you're never going to be able to completely outbid. There's a line. Team, yeah, the, the the schools, in Ohio State could be one of them too, that are always going to be able to have that on you. But how are you presenting not only a raise, but the overall support that you will get from the time, the, the remaining years that you are the head basketball coach at the University of Creighton, how can you package that with the financial, obviously the financial incentive as well? Hey, it's it's different when you look at salaries of college basketball coaches and you go, you only make that much and it's three and a half mil. 
So Chris Holtman's salary at Ohio State was top 25. Calipari is the highest paid college basketball coach. Uh, and the most recent figures, he's at 8.5. Mm-hmm. Izzo's at 6.2. Self is what, 7? Uh, I think he got a bump. He I was at least him. at 6. Okay. So Rick Barnes is a $6 million guy. Bruce Pearl's a $6 million guy. Kelvin Sampson is a $5 million guy. Mm-hmm. Tony Bennett is nearly a 5 mil. Underwood is 4.2. Mick Cronin UCLA is 4.1. Uh, the must bus, which is blowing tires left and right this year, he's at four mil. Dana makes four mil. Uh, Kevin Willard, uh, you know, he has nearly a four million dollar guy. But what the hell was that atmosphere last night? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nate Oates at a football school makes three point four. Yep. Painter makes three point six. But what? But I look at these numbers and I go, you only make that much. Because we all, because we look at salaries now in college athletics with the football mentality. Oh yeah, yeah. Nebraska, You're making ten Nebraska, a year. Nebraska got a seven million guy. Yeah. You got a nine million dollar guy. Yeah. Boy, mama, let your babies grow up to be football. Yeah, coaches, no kidding. Not basketball. Coaches. Exactly. Um, I, 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 I think it, the, the fan base, and they're not dumb for creating basketball. If you failed to at least get financially competitive. If you get to that point, I think I think you'd lose a lot of fans on that. And this is where I think maybe even some of the more the more silent Greg McDermott supporters, you would you would be very vocal then, because this is where I do go back to something that I kind of insinuated yesterday of maybe that appreciation isn't always there because you've just kind of taken this program and what Mac has been able to establish for granted, but try to take that away. Or if there's competition to pull him away and you feel like the current university is not doing their part to keep him, then you have a problem, I think. I really do. I think you have a problem there. I think that's where you have a lot of fans that, again, sometimes are not the most vocal, become very, very vocal. Yeah, what if... Uh, what if... Okay, I, I don't like to do hypotheticals, but I will in this case. Um, coach gets an offer, says, hey... I got this this deal. I make two point three mil. They're offering me three point five. I just want you to know this. What if the athletic director says, okay, and instead of trying to make up the difference or do whatever you need to keep them, they're like, oh, okay. That's not good. It's that is. You don't think that scenario happens? Oh, it sure does. Yeah. Eh, you know what? I'm good. Or, man, I don't, I don't know that I can approach people. I, I'm good. I'm, hey, thanks. Because yeah. at some point, that that conversation, that narrative is going to see the light of day. Uh, Brian says, uh, imagine uh, KP doing the eulogy. Gary went out with a bang. <laughs> now heaven has a has got him. And then and then Cody in the back of the church goes, "You betcha, you." Betcha! Just have Dervinger Schlinger walk in midway <laughs> through the whole thing. Uh, Shane would take Bob Euchre doing his Yeah, eulogy. Bob Euchre would be a good one, yeah. Uh, I agree. Mark says I'd have uh, Lyle Bremser give my eulogy. The attendees wouldn't know if they were at a funeral, wedding, or a bullfight. <laughs> God, I, I wish by the time that I moved here, um, Lyle was um, at the end. Mm-hmm. God, just listening to him. Now... Towards the end of his time as the voice of the Huskers, he may not have known what was going on in the field, but he still made it entertaining. God, he was a gem. I, I'm so glad for guys like uh, um, 
Husker tapes that have still have access yes, to so. radio calls of Lyle. And it's not, you know, everybody's heard the Johnny return. They've, they've heard other, you know, magical calls. But just a game. But just listen to a whole game yeah. of Lyle. Mm-hmm. I, hey, it was a, I love Husker ro- it was a roller coaster. But I would take him doing my eulogy. Uh, John, not a fan of uh, Warren Swain. Um, as a Cubs fan, any Cubs radio or TV personalities come to mind? Probably not Harry Carey. Yeah, Harry would. Pat Hughes, though. Harry might not make it to your... Like he, he might. Well, I'm pretty he sure might get he, lost. Well, I know sure he won't. He will not be coming. To my but but he might get lost on the way, and even in his better days when he was with us. Mm, I don't know if you can count on that. Hey, see, if it was an Irish wake, it'd been just fine. Harry, no, that's true. Harry in St. Louis was better. Yeah, that's what I've, I've heard and people Harry, say. That then Harry started dancing and drinking in Chicago yeah. and went from the south side to the north side, and you're like, what? What? Yeah. What? What? For a couple years, he did. He, he did. He did. He really say. How could he miss that pop-up in the sun? He's from Mexico. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sip is... Uh, in the Astrodome. Coming up next on 1620 The Zone.